Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. And our guest today, we have two guests, Jason Crawford and Amanda Crawford. They're co-founders of Sovereignty. We're going to talk a little bit about the products they've developed. They've got a really interesting approach to wellness, to looking at the different things that can help us lead better, healthier, more active lifestyles. Obviously, we're talking about cannabis, so we're going to talk about some of the ingredients and the products they use. But really interesting story, a really interesting approach. And they've been doing some really interesting things to really kind of launch the company and build the brand. And I'm sure we're going to talk about those. Excited for the conversation. I really love kind of hearing how companies are using the plant cannabis in in new and interesting ways and really incorporating it into products that really approach or really help us live better lives. So with that, Amanda, Jason, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. Hi, Bruce. Thanks so much. So why don't we start a little bit with background and just kind of get the backstory on why you got into the cannabis space, why the products that you've developed. I always find that there's a there's a story behind every company, a story behind every brand. Tell us how this all started. Give us the uh, give us the journey. This start it, it started at this one specific point. We were doing some tours of dispensaries in Denver, 
And there was this massive point of curiosity because we walked into this one brand and they were talking about a cannabinoid that suppressed appetite. And I, I just shook mm. my head and was thinking, wait a second, that's not what I understood of <laughs> yeah. cannabinoids and cannabis suppressed yeah. appetite. You know, maybe I should look into this a little bit more. And I got really fascinated with THCV and wanted to figure out, you know, was there a way to work with THCV to offer some type of support for human health? And yeah. uh, when I started looking into that and all the other cannabinoids, I realized, wait a second here, we are just scratching the surface. We've got so much more opportunity. And why don't we start looking at creating a set of products that's built around the primary cannabinoid, generally what's considered a minor cannabinoid, and its effects, and then create, you know, stack upon that. So that's really what started this whole process was realizing that there was a lot of wellness opportunities in ways that we could impact people's wellness, because that's one of our key focuses. And then when we started digging into these individual cannabinoids, realizing they all have these individual characteristics, and, and the ones that we you know, really got focused on. We were able to build some really cool products around. So that's was the starting point. Was that Denver tour uh, several years ago? Yeah, it was fine. Is it was it just from a business point of view, or, or as leaders, you know, fi- founding a business, founders of a business, leaders of a business? What was it like to start a cannabis company? I mean, were you familiar with cannabis either personally or professionally previously? Was it an easy transition? Was this you know you needed to kind of retool kind of how you approach business to get into the cannabis space? What was that like for you? It was very challenging. It's you know, probably my fourth or fifth startup in this particular space, because we had these challenging, unclear laws when we started and how they've rapidly changed. Mm -hmm. And then when you look at then what that has done to the supplier network, it's been, it's been really interesting because when you look at our product, we're dealing a lot with really established, amazing nutraceutical companies that have all their processes in place. They've been doing business for years and you know, the quality is good. And then you hop over onto the hemp side and you're trying to source hemp and then individual (laughs) cannabinoids like we are. And it's just radically different. My other industry I've been into for 18 years and and everything works pretty darn well. And on hemp, I just kept thinking, well, I'm going to call groups in Colorado and they're going to have their act together. Now that was the right walk. You know, California's probably got some sophistication to it because of you know how regulated it is. That was incorrect. And then I was talking to people, even like Ricky Williams. One day we were at a, a cannabis event, and he's got a brand. I said, "Hey, Ricky, how's everything going with your brand?" And he was just shaking his head on the difficulty that he was having. And I felt a little bit better that if Ricky Williams is having problems, yeah. <laughs> then it's probably okay that I am too. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just—it's a different level of—I hate to necessarily say professionals because I think a lot of people are doing a, a, the best job that they can, but on the nutraceutical side. There's just so much, you know, infrastructure and experience in place. And on the cannabis side, uh, at the time when we were dealing with a lot of this stuff, we still were getting out of that enthusiast phase and and not having quite the experience of of operators that we were dealing with. Um, and, and, And running across those various groups that were there, again, some people had some really good stuff going on, but from a business standpoint, it made it really tough to do business with them. And then as most people know, there's still the, the banking issues. Uh, mm-hmm. Being a startup, it was harder, regardless of our experience, regardless of cash you have in bank and all that, those other things that can influence banking relationships, credit card processing, and, and then just general banking had these crazy restrictions. And, the, and to, to date, they still do. Um, yeah. So as a, as a startup to go into credit card processing, which we wanted, which we needed badly because of our direct consumer uh, approach, um, it was tough because 
a lot of them wanted established volume, which we didn't have because we were a startup. And and you had to you got to find someone to get going with until you can get into the the companies that are a little bit better suited for what we're doing. Yeah. And tell us a little bit about the product. So you mentioned this, um, you know, finding these cannabinoids that had, that you were interested in and, and then stacking on top of that. How, tell me a little bit about your product strategy. What products have you been focused on? What's the, what's the intent behind them? Give us, give us a little more detail on what you're actually producing and, and the kind of the target audience that you're ha- you have for each one of these. Sure. We came to market with um, two products at the moment. It's a daytime energy product that's got energy, cognition, and mood enhancement enhancement associated with it. And then we've got a sleep support product. And we knew we could be different because of the cannabinoids we were using and their efficacy and then how we synergistically combine the rest of the stuff. But on the energy side of things, we identified CBG as being the key cannabinoid that would play a role in making it work the way that it does. And it does when we were doing a lot of early testing. We use a, used a variety of testing methodologies to come up with the formula, but it, it tested very positive uh, on the energetic side of things. And then on the other uh, spectrum, on the uh, sleep formula, CBN has always been known to be a very sedative molecule. It just wasn't uh, available on a, on a mass scale, and it's starting to, and even more so, or more importantly for us, it's available on the hemp side of things. So we, we saw it on the, th- the THC in, in the more regulated space, but on hemp, it, it was only found in really minute quantities, and, and now they're able to utilize legal hemp uh, and, and be able to end up with uh, the CBN. So when, when we looked at those, uh, identified those, then we, we used those kind of in an integrated medical uh, uh, way in that a lot of integrated medical practices, they'll uh, will holistically uh, approach supplements but then they'll add specific things. My favorite uh, way to look at that is when you take a B12 complex, a lot of times you're still deficient in B12, so you'll add B12 back to it. Well, when we looked at just regular hemp complexes, we, we chose the best uh, one that we could find, but we added CBN and CBG to ratios to get the effects that we were looking for. That's, that's the first part of the formula. And the second part is we uh, added a lot of things because if we, I'm a little bit of the believer. If you can get someone to take a supplement that's holistic, that uh-huh. may be the one shot you get at them during the day. <laughs> yep. And, and, and I've t- I talk to real brilliant people too that they're really healthy yeah. and, and they take no supplements at all. And, and that's fine if that's serving them. But yeah. if you do take something – Pack it with as much as you possibly can uh, to benefit that person because that may be it. So that yeah. was that was a lot of things that we did. We added neuroprotection. We added um, uh, you know a lot of stress reducers in it that not only help with sleep but long term impact cortisol levels. And and we we just kept going and and liked what we were adding in there and just kept thinking again from this person if they're only going to use it once, how can we make it the most uh, uh, efficacious as possible. And that's where the Chinese herbs came into play. And then we, you know, fermented those to make them more bioavailable. And then the clinically studied nutraceuticals that we put in there, we were real carefully choosing why they, uh, what role they played in there. We would test with them, without them, see how that, uh, you know, function. And then we came up with the formulas that we did. Well, I was just going to say, so piggybacking off of Jason, I worked in California for a company called MyJane, where my role was literally to vet 
all the best THC and CBD brands available. And what I noticed was some, just like any supplement, it's going to work with with some physiologies and it's not going to work with others. And so when I was talking with Jason, you know, and we were really adding in all these clinically studied ingredients, I was like, oh my gosh, this is a second life for CBD because in a lot of ways, CBD has also gotten a bad rap, right? Because people are like, oh, I don't feel it, you know, whatever. And, you know, and then there's also been a lot of snake oil out there. And so to be able to give this new life to CBD from, from, you know, an efficacious standpoint of, hey, you're not just going to feel a 5% difference you're going to feel a trajectory shift, which is part of our mission. You know, our mission is to positively shift the trajectory of people's lives. And that's what we expect out of our formulas. And I was just like, you know, and we're seeing a couple other incredible brands out there doing similar things where they're adding in these adaptogens and adding in these really transformational herbs, you know, where I think this is the next wave of CBD-based products that that's going to be able to carry in your usher in, I guess, a new wave of hemp-based products. Yeah, that's and I'm fascinated. Tell me a little bit about the marketing side in terms of who you're targeting with these different formulas. Are these, I guess, how have you kind of selected your target market? How have you kind of defined that? How have you used that to kind of define the products? Give me some sense on on that kind of the the strategy side of it. Yeah. So, you know, who we're really going after are when we talk about trajectory shifts, the the first style of individuals that come to our minds are entrepreneurs because that's what they're out to do every single day. So Mm -hmm. we're talking about your entrepreneurs. We're talking about your change makers, your peak performers, people who are looking for something that's really going to give them a boost so that they can create more, you know, or they can create more jobs. They can create you know, they're just able to perform at their highest and get the most out of themselves so that they can give back to their communities. So we've really crafted, you know, our target, our target audience, we've come up with this fun name, I think, which is a transformer because they're here to transform their lives and they're here to transform the lives of others. And, you know, that's who, that's who we're going after because that's just, you know, we look at this from a trickle down effect, right? So if you can empower somebody who is already empowering, you know, let's just say 20 people within their company, then what you see trickle down from that is exponential growth, you know, an exponential change through either out that company or that person's life or whatever it is. But that's, that's really who we're focused on, you know, is transforming lives, trajectory shifts, and really out here, you know, for people who are going to play a big game. Yeah. And you mentioned you're doing direct to consumer. I mean, tell me a little bit about your channel strategy and how you've kind of chosen to market your products, get your products in the hands of customers. Tell me about that part of it. Yeah, we're developing that out right now. We we had some plans in place, obviously, before the pandemic and, and had to shift yeah. somewhat. But we're using a lot of educational content on Facebook to offer as she was saying, going back to our mission to change the trajectory of people's lives, if we can provide or present good content on how to sleep better, ways to get good time, day, better daytime energy, then we'll use that to bring people in to introduce the brand. We'll continue to offer quality content to them to hopefully you know impact their life. And then all of a sudden there's a supplement there that they may be able to take to perform better or, or to expedite what they're trying to accomplish. So we've got a lot of top-end funnels that we're working through content strategies through Facebook. Um, we're really starting to put the heavy lifting in on the SEO strategy and, and start working on the organic. And then we had you know just real early friends and family, and that's surprisingly kind of 
is expanded out. There's a micro influencer on our team. And then some of our advisors are, are kind of micro mid-level influencers that have signed up to participate in advising, but also to take our product to their audiences because they have real, real strong belief in what we're doing. And that has paid off for us really well as well. And one thing, yeah. one thing I'll add really quick that we did early on was a sample campaign. You know, so we promoted this campaign and uh, got 200, or I'm sorry, we actually got 500 signups. We ended up sending out 200 samples of our product to people to just say, hey, try it and please give us feedback. And, you know, what we've seen from that is we got some lifetime followers instantly because they were like, oh my gosh, one, I bought in because I get to participate and I get to provide feedback, you know, or two, the products just work really well for them. And even though maybe they didn't fill out their survey, like they said they would, you know, we've seen them come (laughs) back and actually buy product. Yeah. You know, and then, and we just launched one month ago and, you know, what we saw within two weeks of launching was reorders begin to occur as well. So, so it, it was a creative kind of, but also confirming our thesis that, you know, we were sitting on a really great formula, but then also from a marketing perspective, we've seen some good leads come out of it. One yeah. of the other reasons we did that, Bruce, was the contract manufacturing piece is just a bear and I <laughs> yeah. wanted to de-risk everything I possibly could, even though it was so expensive to do that that <laughs> campaign to the 200 people. We got so much knowledge out of it. And at the end of the day, uniquely enough, we confirmed most of the things that we had already thought and, and kind of put in place. And that just gave me comfort to say, all right, now we're ready to pull the trigger, get all these units produced that we're going to have to really effectively sell through because they're herbs and you don't want them sitting around too long. And, yeah. uh, and, and that, that was, you know, very helpful for us in the beginning. We even did surveys a year ago, trying to figure out form factor and what people wanted. And, and the surveys gave us a lot of insight on what people really wanted, even though we thought we were going to do it this other way, they spoke to us loud and clear. And so that was real helpful from that perspective. We got so much great data. Yeah. And tell me, in terms of, I mean, marketing cannabis products, you know, even if you're just CBD and not containing or not significantly containing THC, you know, is is a bit of a challenge. I mean, what was your kind of process in learning about, you know, how marketing works in the cannabis space, what you can and cannot do, you know, what the different options were? Was there anything that you learned in that process that really steered you down this path in terms of strategy or, or how the market works or what you can and cannot do in cannabis? Yeah. You know, we're still learning every single day, <laughs> Yeah, but you know, it's really, you got to be super careful about your wording. You know, anything that still mentions CBD is frowned upon from a paid advertising standpoint. So you've really got to work on your organic game or get incredibly creative with paid, you know, which, you know, we're talking to people about creating a second website and, you know, looking at how you have to format certain advertisements, you know, with, with what words you can have in there and what words you can't, you know, I think what makes it potentially a little bit easier for us, even though it's, it's a tough road to go down is are other ingredients. So having additional ingredients in there also that have been clinically studied so we can make certain claims based around that clinically studied ingredient that we have. And we can focus on that a little bit more. And also, you know, we have a broader range of ingredients to focus on outside of just CBD. Now, the supplement game is still really tough, just as a CBD market is. but, Mm -hmm. But it does give us a little bit more opportunity to play around and find what works for us, you know, but it's, it's all about creativity. We've seen a little bit come in from 
partnerships and influencer networks like Jason was talking about. You know, affiliates are an interesting and kind of iffy game. You know, we're seeing the same with influencers kind of of, you know, where where are you getting the most bang for your buck out of all these different channels? And, you know, we're we're still playing around with that, but we have seen from partnerships with like-minded health and wellness groups, which I think any CBD, any high quality CBD company could be looking at us just getting mentioned in their newsletter when they have a really high percentage of, you know, clicks and viewership is we've seen lots of impact come from that. Sure. And other challenges you've come across? I mean, I always find that uh, in the early stages of launching a business, there's always surprises, things you need to work through. Anything that you're you're willing to share? I'm like, what category has not been a challenge? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Packaging. Man, I mean, even with packaging, you know, and CBD, and, you know, we're, we're talking a year ago, you know, we got turned down by companies who were like, oh, yeah. we won't work with CBD brands. I'm like, uh, uh. But, and why? Just because they didn't want to touch it because of the CBD? What was the... Yeah. They didn't want to touch it because of the CBD until it was federally or FDA approved was one... Uh, yeah, it was one comment I got back. We had the contract manufacturers we were interviewing and they were going to lock the CBD up in a safe and just really strong reactions to this. But yeah, you know, what was really interesting... You know, about a year ago when we got into this at first, if you were dealing on the cannabis side and dealing only with cannabis manufacturers, the level of sophistication was quite different than what we have access to now. And that's more of the nutraceutical and OTC contract manufacturers was significantly more progressed with their uh, approaches on things. So that's been amazing. But when I was interviewing the, the contract manufacturers on the hemp side, it just was really hard to f- see a, a path forward for what we were doing. So that really anything that could go wrong has gone wrong. And it didn't matter how much I planned. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, just, I planned and planned and planned. And I'm not even that great of a planner, but I knew that the plan would help me. And then all of a sudden yeah. the plan got torn up in one day. And yeah. it, it, from simple things like we were trying to avoid a really sophisticated ERP system because we're going to be sticking with really a, a small SKU set in the beginning. And we were trying to piece together uh, technology platforms that we thought could work. Well, you know, people either didn't understand the platform or everyone, you know, consultants would look at it and be like, no, no, you just, ha- you can only use the expensive one. And so we kind of have a little bit of a, a rat's nest on the, the inventory and accounting side. The, the packaging, going even way back when we first started branding was really a revelation because my some of my other businesses were real B2B heavy and, and you kind of had to figure out a lot of this stuff on your own and, and it, it, a lot of it went back just down to simple cold calling and, and old techniques. Um, yeah. But when we started doing brand design, we were really flabbergasted on you know what it costs to get a brand designed. Obviously, there's a lot of opinions uh, associated with it, and, and then they they hand the brand over to you, and, and we we had a lot of you know intrinsic issues with it immediately, and so we had to go from brand company to brand company to brand company, and just spent an awful amount of money trying to get the brand right. We're glad we did it the way that we were because the whole goal was to get this brand designed correctly where the infrastructure of the brand is good for the next you know five plus years. We really don't have to tweak it that much and then we can focus on the messaging and the marketing side of things. But I was really taken back on the challenge in getting a brand design correctly. I mean, we use some talented, talented people, but it, it just, it was pulling teeth to, to get to where we ended up. 
Right. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, do you work with somebody who's in the cannabis space already or do you work with an agency outside of cannabis, you know, who just may not understand some of the eccentricities that need to be calculated? And, you know, it, it's just it's been every day has been a learning experience <laughs> for sure, <laughs> you know, but it's it's even it's with packaging. We were brought like a $20 box because we were saying, you know, we're going to have a luxury product and we're like, okay, well that's not going to make sense long-term. And we had previously had these conversations. And so one takeaway for us is we have now gotten super, super clear on what are our expectations and we're not going to talk to an agency. We're not going to talk to a firm. We're not going to talk to anybody until we have our one pager down and basically like, Hey, this is who we are as a company. You know, we're, one of our brand pillars is we have exceptionally or unimaginably high expectations and high standards. And that means we are not a fit for a lot of agencies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And have you generally found that um, it's easier to work with sort of a professional company that might not have cannabis experience than trying to find a company inside the cannabis market, even if even if the, the number of companies really in cannabis is still quite small and, and their sophistication and kind of experience is maybe not as great. I mean, which, where have you found it better to kind of go? with outside cannabis and wherever you found it better to go inside cannabis. I'm just kind of curious what your takeaways are. Yeah, it's it's interesting. We were in an investing group in cannabis and so we got put in touch with some of the best cannabis marketing uh, groups or agencies out there and they were charging such a premium that, Uh you know, if you had a big raise, it would maybe make sense and they, and you know, they were bright and shiny and everything else had they really figured everything out i'm not so sure but they were the best yeah. and there wasn't a whole lot of in between and when we looked at regular agencies what was unique is everyone wants to be in it so they you know they'll definitely put <laughs> yeah. a lot of their their best foot forward but the intricacies are just there we started off with a group that you know wasn't as entrenched and then our head of marketing wasn't entrenched in the cannabis space and built got as far as we could and now we've joined up with someone who they they have a super large agency. They have a lot of very successful cannabis clients, but they're not a cannabis agency. So they've really started to, to figure out how they can serve that clientele real well, but they have this broad base. And I think that's where we're going to find the best mix because they, they've got a lot of case studies that we're going to be able to, to piggyback on. Um, and we need that real specific knowledge. I mean, we, we've just watched all these companies continue to get shut down. And then we see ads get served to us and can't figure out how these ads get served to us and how powerful that would be. It's just because there are some groups that have really figured out the tricks of the trade for the moment. Yeah. And I would say from a marketing channel and execution perspective, if you're in CBD or cannabis, get somebody who has proven themselves in that space because the marketing is so specific for this industry. But then I think as far as branding is concerned, what we found is, you know, you could probably go with somebody who's outside of it, but, but they're driven and motivated to learn more about it and get their toe in the water. And you may be able to, looking back, we think we probably could have saved some money there. And, you know, more so put that on the marketing execution side with somebody who is more CBD and cannabis centric. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So I wanted to ask, if we're for context for our audience here, we're recording this in the um, beginning of May. We're in the pandemic. We're in uh, the COVID-19 situation here. That can be both an, an interesting and a scary time to be <laughs> kind of launching a brand and, and getting new companies up and running. 
you know, tell me a little bit about what you've been learning, or I guess how has, you know, the pandemic kind of shaped your strategy? What have you learned from it? What lessons kind of have you borrowed, you know, from previous experiences? You know, how is it kind of shaping how you're approaching this and, and what are you learning? Yeah, the, the pandemic was a little bit of a gift for us in a, in a unique way. There was probably one second moment in March where we looked at each other and said, are we a go or no go? And mm-hmm. my, my instinct just immediately kicked in and said, no, we're absolutely a go. We're, we're going to live by one of our mottos and that's leap and a net will appear. But what I found in 2008 that really helped me with another business was it is the perfect time if you can to double down. They're just, everyone's pulling back. There's so much paralysis by analysis and, and, mm-hmm. and in fear that a lot of people aren't doing, aren't spending into customer acquisition. And when I did it back in 2008, it worked amazingly for us. We just, you know, cut everything that we possibly could from a personal perspective and really got real lean on the business, which we were in the beginning and just put everything toward that. We effectively did that same thing starting in April. We just decided we're going to double down on this. In fact, uh, we kind of had this ad spend. We're going to double that ad spend. And then we were in a, we had a product that is useful right now, literally impact people's sleep. So the putting sleep content out right now, when there's so many people's sleep that is wrecked. I read the Mm -hmm. Facebook comments on our side. I read, I talk to our friends, entrepreneurs, all kinds of people. There is that massive challenge and all of a sudden to be front and center there because you're spending a little bit more money, you got a unique product, I think is going to pay big dividends for us. And we have, a, you know, I think something that's going to have a lot of residual effect because I think people's sleep are going to be affected for a long time. And the crazy thing, when we were designing these products, we kind of wanted to solve common human problems. And I've, and then I started with, hey, what are the problems that I have that I want to address? And it's always been yeah. to have better mental cognition energy. And I had a lot of supplements or approaches to that. And I always needed better sleep for a lot of reasons. And on the sleep side, I was so blown away how few people have a favorite of things that they do. And you know, their quality of sleep is compromised in some way, but they don't have just a go-to. They, they might use melatonin one day. They might have an Ambien prescription that they use at other times. Or they may use that. Ambien's just working horrible, but they use it because they that's what's been prescribed to them to help them with sleep. Yeah. And so, and, and I talked to some, there's a lot of people in the sleep space that we, uh, you know, asked how their products were doing and they just were kind of relaying the same thing. There's no favorites. So while there is a lot of stuff in this space, I thought it was an opportunity for us to grab market share because there's not this crazy established brand outside of pharmaceuticals and then some specific nutraceuticals that people say, oh my God, that's my go-to sleep solution. And, uh, and then the pandemic made it even more of an issue that mm-hmm. we could try to get in and, and help people solve. And when they try it and it works, it's just price doesn't become a factor. Other things have become a factor. They realize how crucial that sleep is for them. And then on the energy side, you know, we have a lot of people that have you know taken either pharmaceutical stimulants or they just like energy drinks and, and whatnot. And they've tried our product and have gotten the most productive energy that works for their body that they've ever had. And so I, you know, all that going back to when people were pulling back, we charged forward. We were lucky that we were able to solve a really acute problem at the time and that there's yeah. going to be a lot of residual around that. And hopefully we get a lot of, of goodwill on the fact that we tried to lower the price of our product, which is kind of crazy to do when you're launching a company. But we thought mm-hmm. that if we can help several thousand people sleep better 
it would be worth it to us as a brand to, to offer that during this time. And then as, as their life and business recovered, then, you know, ideally they'd be loyal or, and and we're always of the opinion, if our sleep product or energy product helps you get to a point where you have great sleep and you don't need our product anymore, then we did a heck of a job. I mean, that's like a win and it's a unique business approach. Fortunately, our products have a lot of cumulative impact ingredients. So there is benefit to keep taking it. But, you know, if people get through this and they use our product and, and it worked for them, I guarantee you the next time they talk to a friend or family member that has a sleep problem, we'll get recommended. So yeah. we, we saw yeah, exactly. that as, as an opportunity. Yeah. Amanda and Jason, this has been great. If people want to find out more about you, about Sovereignty, what's the best way to get that information? They can find us at Sovereignty.co and it's S-O-V-E-R-E-I-G-N-T-Y. If you haven't spelled Sovereignty in a bit, because it's long. <laughs> we, we misspell it all the time. So. <laughs> and, uh, well, I'll, I'll, make it, I'll make it super easy and I'll put the link in the show notes so people don't have to spell it. They can just click it. That would be awesome. <laughs> and then um, also they can find us on Instagram at, at Sovereignty underscore US and on Facebook at, at Sovereignty US. And we're actually about to launch a giveaway this week for a month's supply of our product. So would encourage anybody to go check it out. And a closing note on the Instagram side, Bruce, we sold our house, bought a 43-foot Winnebago, wrapped it, and are going to do a two-year promotional tour for the company. So hopefully some of your listeners will see us out on the highways or at various (laughs) events in the future when we got to start having events again. But on the Instagram side, you'll see all the fun places we've been able to start visiting and, and really live the sovereign life that we're trying to promote Yeah, products and brand. Yeah, I was I was going to mention it, and I'll I'll encourage people to go check out the Instagram. It's a great uh, it's a great story, and it's it's an interesting one given where we are right now. I mean, I'm I'm sure you didn't plan it this way, but it's an interesting situation, an interesting process to go through. That's where that plane got tossed out the window real quick. I think we might have been going about (laughs) seventy five miles down one of the interstates and said, "Okay, well, this plan's not good anymore." So (laughs) (laughs) literally throwing it out the pivot, the pivot. Yeah, great. Oh well, thank you. Yeah, thank you for taking the time. Great story. It's great. I love talking about building brands. I think it's so important in the cannabis and the CBD space. So it's it's a great story, and I really appreciate you taking the time today. Thank you, Bruce. Likewise, thank you. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets, and access other great content visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.